just how dark of a place humanity has come to. And to do so means that the certain influences in the world must be taken off. You have no power over me. Hello. Welcome to the End Evil Podcast. This is Chris Jansen. I'm here today doing a, a live show. i um, been working on, working my way up to doing this. It takes a little bit more guts to get on there live, but uh, luckily not too many people are watching, if anyone, so it's a good practice test for me today. Today's presentation is called The Evil Inside. Um, this podcast is out there for truth seekers and people who care about freedom. So um, today's uh, presentation is me making some comparisons. Um, one of my favorite all-time movies is the movie Aliens. And so I chose that movie to use for allegorical, uh, metaphorical purposes to try to explain some concepts. My idea is to run this show every Sunday at 2 p.m. to, um, for one, for me to practice, and two, for you to have something to watch and give people something to think about every week. So I'm just going to get right into the presentation here. I'm going to start off with um, a definition of evil. There's a definition I took from the free dictionary online, which uh, evil from their definition, number one, they put as morally bad or wrong, wicked, as in an evil tyrant. Two, causing ruin, injury, or pain, harmful, like in the evil effects of a poor diet. Three, characterized by or indicating future misfortune, ominous, evil omens. Their fourth, bad or blameworthy by report, infamous, an evil reputation. And five, characterized by anger or spite, malicious, an evil temper. The quality of being morally bad or wrong, wickedness, that which causes harm, misfortune, or destruction, an evil force, power, or personification. Something that is a cause or source of suffering, injury, or destruction. So we see quite a bit of the same concepts coming through here. But um, what I'd like to show you is my favorite definition for um, evil. And that is from the book, The End of All Evil by Jeremy Locke. Jeremy Locke says, Evil is the destruction of freedom. It cannot be stated more simply. Everywhere you look, you will find the obfuscation of evil. There are countless ideas which are taught about the nature of evil. Every false idea is created by evil to hide truth from you. Evil is not darkness, and it's not frightening unknown. Evil is not some mystical psychology of man, nor is it inherent in our natures. It is not supernatural, and it is most definitely exists. 
As with all principles, the principle of evil is simple. Evil is the destruction of freedom. When free, you can build glory, peace, prosperity, and joy into the world. Around you, you will find all these things. Men and women alike, you build these things. Evil enslaves. Evils found in words such as force, compulsion, tax, violence, theft, censure, and politics. Notice that in such things, there is no joy. None have any value to humanity. That's Jeremy Locke from The End of All Evil. The book, The End of All Evil, is my inspiration for um, the End Evil podcast. And I came across the book, The End of All Evil, from my favorite part, uh, podcaster, Mark Passio, of What on Earth is Happening. So, um, do you think of evil as something external? Some force that is trying to invade our reality, like in the movie Aliens? I suspect many people have only heard the word evil used in a religious setting. And they think of it as something only defined by a Bible or by people that believe in the God and the devil. But when I use the word, the definition I'm using is the destruction of freedom. That which takes away from life, non-giving, non-life-giving energy. The destructive force that's uh, keeping us from having um, a good life and a good future. Consider the worst things in our reality, like killing or mistreating innocence, destruction and mayhem. Every evil act is removing choice, deleting possibilities, or subtracting from the life or growth of, of uh humanity or nature itself. Taking away human choice can happen in many forms, such as killing, which ends effectively any and all freedom that one might otherwise have. Stealing takes away some small incremental freedom, and lying takes away a person's freedom to interpret and understand reality. So evil really begins inside of other humans as they are the vehicle for the destruction of freedom for other humans. Here's an important differentiation. When you imagine a hurricane or a volcano destroying lives and taking away freedom, that's not evil by this definition. That is a natural occurrence. It is not to be judged evil unless it's a human controlling the volcano or a human pushing a button that's creating a weather engineering that's killing people. So human or um, conscious life destroying other life is evil. Nature going through its natural functions is not evil by this definition that I'm using here, the working definition for uh, and evil podcast. The destruction of freedom caused by humans or similar beings um, is the problem that we're having, the major problem that we're having and our ability, our misability, our ability not to comprehend or understand that 
is the obstacle that's holding us back from a better life and a better future. The End Evil podcast is all about challenging you to consider why that's not our goal. Why isn't our goal to end evil? Well, it should be, and therefore I've made it mine. And we're going to have to just start chipping away at it, as difficult as a project as it is. In this presentation, I'm going to be using, as I said before, scenes from the movie Aliens. It's just a way to colorfully describe the points I'm trying to make. I find that movies we've all watched have little nuggets of wisdom in them. And um, it's interesting how you can find symbolism in just about anything. And you can compare spiritual truths to things in nature or things in movies or everyday things because spiritual truths exist in all things as do principles, which are the foundation and core of um, true morality. So um, you can see here on my screen, I've got, uh, this is actually a picture not from Aliens, it's from the original movie Alien, um, where the guy gets impregnated with the alien and uh, my little blurb here says, don't bring him on the ship, he could be contagious. And I chose this um, slide here because it addresses the number one world in the problem right now, that um, people are confused about basic moral philosophy. Um, this <laughs> should be, I guess, if we were traveling space, this, this would be a public a service announcement, announcement on spaceports at the bulletin boards. Um, this movie is metaphorically telling the story of the current level of fear regarding the contagious illness we all know about that brings death to all humans nearby. Not just a quick death, but a slow, scary death where you, hate, where you are helping the evil carry out its plan. And it all starts with that thing that covers your face. What type of horror could require leaving another human being behind and watching them die, like as in the movies? And um, in the quarantine situation that we recently all are um, experiencing, the, mor the moral dilemma implicitly lies in the decision to uh, abandon our fellow human being. If one of our crew was infected, then we need to destroy that infection before it gets to the rest of us. The alien coming out of the chest here all started because he was the really curious guy that had to go sticking his face close to those deadly looking slimy pods. Now, when you or me, we go looking deep into things, we get infected with the mind virus, right? And that's the way people tend to look at it. You're a conspiracy theorist. You look too deeply. Now you have the mind virus, and that could infect the masses. So the media wants you to be afraid right now. They don't want you to look deeper. They want you to be scared of this picture. Um, look at the posters and billboards all up and down the freeway reminding you constantly that you need to be afraid and that you need to cover yourself up because you might get the virus. How similar is that to these sci-fi horror movies that try to uh, scare us into believing that we need to constantly be afraid of something that could get inside of us and then come out and get the others all around us. You know, and so because of that, in the real world now, um, 
you're getting messages to tell you things like, don't get sun, don't go outside, cover half up your face, and um, which actually is covering up your ability to breathe to a certain extent. And it's also covering up your ability to communicate with other people. They um, definitely don't want you to have your immune system working at its top function. Your immune system depends on vitamin D and sun. And um, there's also a big part of it that has to do with communicating with other human beings and smiling back and forth and uh, being close to one another and human touch. So it's pretty clear to see how this don't bring him on the ship. He could be contagious. Um, fear tactic is destroying our ability to be human. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to the next slide. Look, new masks, all organic material. Isn't that great? That's a, that's a great picture there for all you that are um, not enjoying the uncomfortable process you're going through. Look, go ahead and call me now at 1-800-BULLSHIT and I can get you a new organic mask just like the one in this picture. Um, in the movie Aliens, Ripley tries to brief the Marines and tell them her experience in dealing with the alien that killed her crew. Her speech is symbolic of the truth speaker, you know, the person who attempts to inform the public of the real problem in the world. Of course, the crew reacts with callous, egoistic carelessness, disregarding Ripley's warnings that the aliens are extremely dangerous. This symbolically represents the state of things in our world, where when someone tries to speak out, they're called names or made fun of for being a conspiracy theorist or crazy. So often when I try to bring someone's attention to the fact that 9-11 uh, was a false flag attack, which was used to psychologically damage the public and justify wars and military expenditures and destroy liberty, people often respond by um, criticizing the subject or shying away from it or saying, what can we do about it in any way, you know? Um, but, you know, more and more I find people on the 9-11 subject tend to be a little bit more open. But then if you move on to chemtrails or weather engineering, folks will definitely be more willing to make fun of that and um, sort of claim that I'm believing in a conspiracy theory or wasting time thinking about something that I have no control over anyway. In today's world, the real danger, the alien in the metaphor, is the belief in an invisible enemy called COVID. If you try to explain to the average person who's unaware about um, things like chemtrails and geoengineering and 9-11 conspiratorial things, um, if you try to explain that to the average unaware person that they're being fooled, um, the person tends to automatically close down that line of thinking by saying, you know, there's no way that it could all be controlled by a few people. There's just not that much organization. Or there's no way that things could be all planned out that well. However, when you look into uh, things like the New World Order, or um, a good example is spend a little time looking at the Council on Foreign Relations or the Bilderberg Group 
or um, the Rothschild family or the Rockefeller family or the Bush family or the Clinton family. If you actually take some time and, and do some research, what you find out is that there is um, a long line of people that have been intent on controlling others and they've become a powerful elite force for generations that have maintained a bloodline and um, printed out and followed through with the plan to enslave their fellow human beings. So much like the Marines and aliens, the public wants to stay in their old paradigm, telling stories to themselves that everything will go back to normal when, when the hidden um, and smarter, when the truth, I'm sorry, I got distracted there. When the truth is that, um, much like the Marines in, in the movie Aliens, they're, they're being fooled. They're, they're being fooled by their own hubris. They're being fooled by their own self-pride in thinking that they know it all. So the danger is worse than people think. The danger is more hidden than most people think. And it's up for us to be smarter and to take more time and do more research to understand what the true danger really is. Let's not be fools like the Marines in the movie Aliens that just think, oh, we've seen it all before. We know what you're talking about without even looking at it. And what wound up happening in the movie? Well, we're going to get into that in the next slide. The hubris, the part of people that want to stay in that mindset of feeling like they know it all, prevents them from being able to prepare for the real danger or prepare or perceive the information that would help them see the danger that's coming. Modern Western culture encourages the idea that it's acceptable to do very little action and yet have the expectation of receiving um, everything that is desired to be comfortable. Like in the movie Aliens, overconfident with expectations. The trouble with believing is becoming sure about those beliefs. So that is the initiation of evil begins with the lack of trust in others, um, the hubris, believing that you can't be wrong, and moral relativism, believing there is no such thing as truth, and it doesn't matter anyway. And it also has to do with invented expectations. And in our world, invented expectations are created often by the media. So a good way to avoid that is just don't watch the TV. Spend your time watching and researching documentaries and looking into things that are interesting about the real world. The problem the Marines ran into in the movie Aliens when they got into the hive is that the leadership, which was parked outside, Gorman was the name of the guy you see in the right-hand corner of my slide here. He's parked outside, and he sent them in there, not even realizing that they could blow up the whole facility they're in if they used their weapons, their pulse rifles. Gorman didn't do his research. Gorman didn't even realize he was sending his whole crew into a trap. He also didn't really heed Ripley's warning. He didn't think about the fact that the whole place was a reactor, and he didn't think about the whole place was a hive of these aliens that Ripley had warned about. This is a good example 
of the problems with being a soldier and following orders. People making the orders are willing to send others into danger while keeping themselves safe. Um, treating humans like an avatar on a video game. Historically, there was a time when leaders were expected to fight with their army and, in fact, be right out in front. However, the modern version of leadership is people hiding in bunkers. Whenever the first uh, bullet flies, they'll be deep inside of their protected bumpers, uh, bunkers or up on their fancy planes being flown away to somewhere safe. Um, people's whole idea of heroism has diminished in modern culture. In one case that I witnessed in Santa Rosa, the whole town accepted, not all town, there were a few people that argued and fought against it, but for the mass population, the whole town accepted that a cop shot a 13-year-old boy who had a BB gun. His name was Andy Lopez. People I, I talked to at that time seemed to think that the cop had a right to shoot this kid out of fear because he had what looked like a gun. True heroism is not shooting first and asking questions later when it comes to innocent people. A person who chooses to be a security force or a warrior or a police has put themselves into danger by choice. A firefighter chooses a career fighting fire knowing that they can get burned. If a person chooses to be in a fight, there should not be an expectation of getting out without injury or death. And if you choose to be a hired gun or a contract killer, such as a cop or a military where you sign away your ability to choose freely and follow orders, then you cannot be a moral person. You have given up your rights and put them in the hands of your boss because you're willing to follow those orders. How many people would trust their boss with their life. If you're trading your values and your principles for money, you're wrong. Righteousness is being aligned with the natural cosmic law of the universe, the universal creative force that binds reality. It means being harmonious with truth. People who dedicate to steal from others or destroy freedom of choice are aligned with the force of destruction or evil. So think about the earlier definition there. Um, back to the movie, what I find interesting about that situation when they were in the hive um, is that Ripley, the female force, is the one that makes the decision. And normally we would think of the male force being the one that's making the decision and guiding the choices, but What's interesting in the movie is they give that power to Ripley, who actually is rebelling against the authority at the time, who was Gorman, the coward, who didn't know what to do and started mumbling. She pushed him aside, grabbed a hold of the um, steering wheel, and drove the army tank into the hive to save what was left of the crew. So cowardice comes from a fear-based consciousness. Um, Bravery comes from decisive action based on principles. So really what we're talking about here is selflessness versus selfishness. And when it comes to what is a virtue, I think it's important to point out in this time more than ever, cowardice is not a virtue. Don't be an order follower. 
So often it seems that the modern human wants to solve all problems with technology. The metaphor of the final battle, oh, I moved on but to my wrong um, talking point here. Um, <laughs> here we go. The problem was when in the movie, um, like I said, when, when the Marines ran right into the alien's hive that um, they were led into, they um, just followed along with what they were told. They didn't have a choice to say, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. And you could even see in the movie as they wandered into this scary um, area of the facility, all of a sudden the sides of the walls are covered with all these aliens and there's these dying person that's trapped in this web that they just kept right on walking in because that was their orders. So the moral here is not to be an order follower, to think for yourself. If you just follow orders, you'll be led into a trap. And that's what's going on in the larger scheme of things here, is we are being led into a trap. And to me, the biggest deal of this whole trap is that it's a trap for children. You see, in the movie Aliens, Newt was the young girl who actually showed more bravery and intelligence than all of the crew and adults. Most children actually have the natural ability to deal with life bravely. If they're given honesty from adults, they can be very brave. In 2020, the adults are acting like the cowards who are afraid of an unseen virus that is barely understood. They are reacting out of fear and covering their face because that's what authority told them to do. They're actually joining the evil elite in their ritual of Satanism by following the beliefs of the rulers. Face binding was historically done to slaves as a way to dehumanize them, or women, when women were treated as slaves and bound with face cages masks and chains to keep them in their place. Now adults everywhere are falling into these evil practices and doing that type of thing to their children in public with smile hidden so we can't even see if they're smiling or not. And they're calling this good when it's clearly not. People are teaching children that it's good to follow orders blindly and not to trust their natural abilities and not to trust their body. Trust, don't trust your body, you can't fight sickness on your own. You need to rely on this technology of the mask or the quarantine that, um, that we have deemed to be safe, or so says the news or the propaganda coming out of the, the media machine. A responsible, as responsible adults, it's our duty to protect children, which is also helping them to grow strong in their own natural facilities. We all have the ability to fight sicknesses and diseases. We've done this our whole life. We're uh, disease-fighting machines. We all learn to fight germs and diseases all throughout our life. You, d you don't prevent a broken arm by putting your arm in a sling. If the virus was a real danger to children, which it certainly is clearly not if you look into the research, it would still be important to be brave and to make the best of the situation rather than feed into the fear-mongering. The mask wearing sets in the idea in their heads that masks equal safety, which is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous notion because a mask is ineffective at best for preventing diseases. If they did not keep viruses at bay, 
I mean, if they really did, if the masks really did keep viruses at bay, there would be no more COVID problems. And there would be no more flu problems. We wouldn't have had flu problems up to this point if it was that easy as a way to fix it. Let's not fool children or other humans into a false sense of security. Why use something that doesn't work? The evil that children need to be warned about is the psychological mind-warping media and authoritarians who want to control every person's body and decisions and lock us down. Children are very respective if they're um, receptive. <laughs> they're not always respective. They're very receptive if they're spoken to calmly and carefully, even if it's scary business you're discussing. Even if you are afraid, it's good to stay calm. And if you're not afraid and you can stay calm, the children will also stay calm. So my warning here is, if you do care for your children, never allow your children to be quarantined by themselves. Don't let them be afraid of an unknown virus. Spend time informing them and doing research. Don't let them be fooled by authority. You never know what these people do behind the scenes and when they're not on camera. And don't let the children be in the dark about what's going on. As soon as they're old enough, begin to explain to them that what's going on in the world is not good, okay? This one hits me hard, especially because, you know, I've had children of my own, and I see them growing up in this world and being um, fooled by some of the things going on. And as hard as I try to explain that the true danger is not each other and is not our breath, the true danger is the evil controlling elites and really it's in all of us because everybody that becomes an order follower and does what they're told becomes um, part of the army of evil in that moment when they make those choices that doesn't mean that each person is evil it means that we all fall into evil in various ways and it's a question of how much of our life do we want to spend doing evil and taking away from the life being energy or how much time in our life do we want to spend being part of the good and encouraging new life and working towards the future of humanity and other children that are to come. The battle for our soul. Is technology our savior? Humanity has rocketed forward without thought and care for the earth. as a living thing that we are all part of. The reason I chose the Tree of Life for End Evil's uh, logo is because it symbolizes the fact that we're all interconnected, that we're all part of the whole of life. Uh, modern devices are part of the psychological trick or belief that all things are separate from one another. When deeper probing sciences such as epigenetics or quantum physics definitely show that there is no separation from one person to another. All of our thoughts and actions affect the actual reality that we experience. Not only is this an effect of our thoughts and actions, it's reverberating and affecting the lives and thoughts of those around us. So the question here is, 
Is technology really our savior? Can evil really be defeated? And what tools do we have to change things? In the movie, um, Ripley's inside of this machine, but she is actually still controlling the machine. She actually has her hands on the buttons and she's moving it around. And um, it's a pretty extreme situation that's described. And to me, it parallels the common situation we're in now where I find myself using the internet as a tool to try to fight this evil. And it's one tool that can be used, but it's not the only tool. And it's not really the answer in the end. You know, uh, Ripley in the movie had a pretty good fight with the alien using that machine. But ultimately, it was just one part of her battle with the overall evil. It wasn't the end-all solution. Technology only gets us so far. Part of our problem is that we're over-dependent on technology, and that is keeping us from being able to understand that the evil that we face is really inside of us and our actions and our choices. And if we rely on someone else or some external force to fix this problem for us, we're going to continue to be impregnated again and again with this evil, and then the next generation will have the same problem again. So that's a lot of what the End Evil podcast is about, is trying to explain that it's up to us personally to begin fixing the problem. And the way we do that is from the inside, is working on our own personal self, understanding the difference between right and wrong, and choosing moral choices and setting that example for others. And the big point I'm getting across um, using the allegory of aliens is that understanding that authority is a big part of the problem, and that's a belief system. If the Marines early on in the movie had heeded Ripley's warning, they might have rebelled against Gorman and realized that he was a shitty leader anyway. Why should we be following this guy? He hasn't even have any experience in the field. Um, we're not going in there. That's, that's crazy. We're not going to go in there and get infected with evil because Ripley already told us that there's these evil creatures in there that will come in your mouth and come out through your stomach and eat you alive. The last thing we want to do is go in there and give them more, more fuel, so to speak. But because they believed in authority, they fell for the trap, and they went on in there, and they all died. The technocratic agenda is something that can be studied. If you use that as a search term, uh, listen to some podcasts, look a little deeper, understand that the technocratic agenda is something that has been written about for years. It's been described by elites and uh, the social engineers of this world. And what's basically happening is that society is being guided to be dependent on machines, which lessens personal responsibility and know-how and takes away our power. Cell phones and vehicles are two good examples of technology that allows us to further distance ourselves from nature and from human interaction and instead rely on non-human devices for survival. So the further we fall into that modality or line of thinking, the deeper we get into the transhumanist movement, which is also generated by the bloodlines, the long, long uh, in power elites 
who have cooked up this plan to enslave the world and to be in power. The transhumanist movement is using technology that is created and distributed without consideration of the natural environment or the effect on future generations. It leads to slavery. Um, the transhumanist movement encourages things like cloning, um, messing with genes, creating the perfect human that will be more compatible with robots, moving people's minds into a machine, and separating our feelings, as in covering up our smiles and frowns and making ourselves look like soldiers. Morality is a necessary component uh, for, for productive change in the world. So I find it important to resist and understand the technocratic agenda and the transhumanist movement and that will help us to learn what freedom truly is and to create the world that we want to see without evil. And last um, slide here is a picture of Newt, cute little face there and says don't give up. Um, so often when I speak to people about morality or about um, voluntarism, anarchy, um, what it takes to make a better world, you know, making decisions for ourselves and such, it is very difficult for folks to catch on to the idea that there's something that can be done. You hear often over and over people saying, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. Um, we're stuck. You know, just because they can't visualize or imagine the change that they want to see in the world. As Gandhi said, we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. So if there's one message I could leave with you today, it would be don't give up. Think about the children of the next generation or the children following that. Sometimes we have to live through uncomfortable times or make difficult choices in order to create a better future for future for future generations. Some native tribes that I've heard of would have sayings and thoughts that would say, we need to think seven generations ahead. And we don't hear that kind of thinking or thought very often in modern culture. Imagine if our forefathers had not fought for our freedom. Where would we be? Uh, what if Jesus never fought for what was right? And what if he never rebelled against authority? What if Martin Luther King never stood up against the government and against authority? It's never easy to do what's right, but our children depend on us to be brave and to teach them what's right. Cowardice is not a virtue. It's never easy to go up against large masses of people, but when large masses of people are doing the wrong thing, it's up for us, the brave few, to do the right thing. Get out there and make a difference with your will and your imagination. Don't conform or wait for technology to save us. It will never happen without your energy and initiative. And in the end, it's up to each of us to be the change. So I uh, want to thank you for spending this time with me and checking out my presentation today. Um, this is endevil.life. I'm going to be performing this 
following Sunday doing another live presentation. So I hope you'll join me and um, we'll do what we can. Evil is the destruction of freedom.